This is episode 22 with fail coach Miha Motlievsky. This is Pencil Leadership. My name is Chris Anderson. Finally realizing my master's degree only taught me so much, I decided to start on a journey to learn more about what it truly means to be a pencil leader and how we can leave a positive mark on people and the world around us. So each week, I'm going to bring you a topic or a guest that will help guide us on our way to grow and leave a positive mark wherever we go. So if you're ready, take out your pencils and let's begin. You may encounter many defeats, but you must not be defeated. In fact, it may be necessary to encounter the defeats so you can know who you are, what you can rise from, and how you can still come out of it. Maya Angelou. We are always going to have failures or setbacks in life. Life is not perfect, so we're not always going to have success after success. There's going to be hard times. But we have to remember in these moments, there's still hope. There's still things yet to come and not to just give up because you either win or you learn. You never lose. And that's what we're going to learn from our guest today, Miha, who in 2009 had four companies go bankrupt overnight, lending him in $5 million in debt. Now, he was contemplating suicide to escape all of this. He had a life-saving aha moment, and he realized that failure was a normal part of life. And so he admitted to himself that he failed, and then he needed to stop blaming other things and circumstances. So that's when he had a turning point to change and learn from his failures so he could do things differently in the future to help others. Since then, he's climbed back to creating and scaling his business to eight figures in less than a year, and his life mission is to help people develop a healthy relationship with failure. He is the fail coach. All right, guys, we want to welcome Miha to the show today. Miha, thanks for being here. Well, hi, Chris. It's a, nice, it's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, so excited um, to be talking with you today, especially so if you're listening to this in the future, uh, we've made it through the coronavirus, and so... Uh, and everything that that entailed. So it's this is going to be a really great show to help people who might be um, having some negative effects because of that, or or have had negative effects because of that, or just in anything in general. So Miha has a great story uh, of coming out of those kind of ashes in business and being able to rebuild um, back in the 2008 2009 recession, I believe. So Miha, I would love to hear your story and just kind of what you've went through and how you've gone through something like this already. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll give you the, the shorter version and then, you know, you feel free to dive in into whatever you want. For sure. Um, so, uh, I dropped out of high school when I was 17 and I started my entrepreneurial journey with 18 years old. Wow. Uh, by the, by, by 2008, I created several successful businesses. They all, all went past seven, eight, multiple eight figures. Um, but the thing was that I had zero solid foundations in those, in those businesses. And that, that's where uh, I feel, you know, the whole story can very much connect with what's happening right now because most entrepreneurs today really don't have those solid foundations. See, they're just focused on, you know, sales, marketing, getting the revenue in, uh, but that's not enough in, in times of crisis. And the same thing happened to me. Uh, basically, my businesses were like that first house from the True Little Pig story uh, <laughs> made out of straw. And yeah. then, you know, when that, the, when that crisis blew, 
in, um, it all fell apart. And it all fell apart basically in a single day. One of the companies was in real estate. All others were co-signing for that loan. Mm. I was co-signing for a whole lot of things. And uh, one thing led to another. Prices of real estate dropped. The bank wanted out. It took the guarantees from everything else. I wasn't able to, uh, I didn't have any cash flow to maintain other businesses. So I ended up owing money to employees, taxes, uh, suppliers, you name it. And I ended up personally $5 million in personal debt. Wow. Um, and in Europe, the laws are a little bit stricter when it comes to personal bankruptcy. So it's not an easy thing to do. I, I wasn't able to do it at all um, due, to, due to regulation because I was a business owner, because you know, I wasn't able to pay employees. Uh, of course, I wasn't when everything happened in you know, a single day. Um, and because of that, I wasn't allowed to do personal bankruptcy. So um, I'm going to fast forward a little bit. Like This was <laughs> a few months of complete hell, wow. phone calls every day, threats, uh, you know, not just the ones saying, oh, we're going to sue you, uh, more like, you know, we're going to do stuff to you. Um, <clears throat> threats like that, depression, anxiety, darkness, stress, um, you know, all of it. Uh, just, you know, what a lot of people are feeling right now as well, uh, and the fear and, and, and so on. And uh, also, you know, a lot of living in denial. Uh, in a way where, you know, admitting like, you know, um, that I was the cause of those problems. Um, it was so easy back then to blame it on outside factors, <laughs> you know, right, like right now, you know, it's easy to say, well, you know, it's Corona's fault. Right. Um, and of course, I mean, of course there's part of it that's Corona's fault. But the thing is, when you say something like that, you put yourself in a passive state of mind. You can't do anything until this Corona thing is over. Mm. And then, you know, after the Corona thing, uh, it will be the economy thing because, you know, we already see so many people being unemployed and, and, and there's a lot of revenue that's missed that we can't recover. Events being canceled, you know, you, you can't recover that. Uh, the the transportation's not being done like uh, air uh, uh, flying tickets mm -hmm. and so on. I mean, you know, uh, it doesn't, that doesn't mean that when Corona is over, we will fly four times as much as we did before the Corona. Right. So, you know, yep. uh, there is, there will be an impact that's unrecoverable. And of course we are in it for a bit longer than just, you know, the next few weeks. Um, so um, it's easy to blame it on that, mm -hmm. but then, you know, what can I do? But when you say, okay, it's up to me to do something. So shift your focus. You know, it's very important to focus on what you can do. Mm. And there's plenty that anybody can do. You can pivot. You can pivot a little bit. You can pivot a lot. You can start a, a, a new business. You can, you know, um, if you have an audience, since you are an entrepreneur, you have an audience of your clients, past clients, talk mm -hmm. to them. See how their priorities have changed, how their desires have changed. And maybe you can provide them with something else. You know, so there's so much we, that we can do. 
Um, and so much that we can do when it comes to just laying down solid foundations yeah. um, in this time. It's a, it's a good time because we're at home. We have a lot of time. We can work on processes, KPIs, yep. benchmarking, the boring stuff that never gets <laughs> done. Right. You know? Think, yep. Things like that that will enable us a better future later on. Um, so back to the story. A few months after that call with the bank, um, I was basically a few days away from my apartment being taken away from me as well. Mm. Uh, I was on the balcony evening, smoking a cigarette, and I just climbed on the other side of the fence. And I remember holding myself with like one hand and being already inclined over the edge. And I was looking down. And as I was looking down, I was thinking, you know, am I going to do this right or not? Because I was just on a fifth floor. You know, if you're mm. on 20th floor, no brainer. You jump, you die. On Man. the fifth floor, miracles can happen, you know, and I can just end up on a wheelchair. And uh. that would not solve the nuclear reaction and the overload in my head. But at that moment, I don't know. I don't know how to really explain it. It was almost like, you know, a split of personality for a moment. Yeah. Two mijas. And one Miha yelling at the other Miha. And I used some pretty juicy language, so I'm not going <laughs> to repeat that here. Uh, but it was really, you know, like you failed at this. You, mm. you made a mistake here. You made bad decisions. And for the first time, I took ownership. You know, it, it wasn't the crisis. It was me making bad choices, bad mistakes, not being mindful about good cash flow, not being mindful about this, that, asset protection, tax protection, and so on and so on, uh, that eventually led to what happened to me. Um, so the aha moment actually was a bit later, hmm. after the yelling, when I realized, you know, oh, shit, you know what? <laughs> if I was able to accumulate and do all of that, have you know four successful businesses? My net worth was fifteen million, and so on. If I was able to do that with all those mistakes, mm -hmm. I can do bigger. I can do better if I you know change and make better decisions. And and that was for uh, after a long time of of huge darkness, mm -hmm. a little ray of light hmm. uh, that you know was worth fighting for. So yeah. I climbed back in and I started the fight. And, you know, um, I have to point out here or emphasize this uh, because people think sometimes, you know, oh, you had the aha moment and now it was just upwards. It, it wasn't, you know, it was, it was three and a half years of everyday struggle and fight with old habits, old Miha, new habits, new Miha, um, and, and all of that. It, it wow. was a fight. It was a very, very difficult, hard fight. And yeah, then if I fast forward again, 2014, February, um, I started a new startup with all the lessons from, you know, learned from those previous things, with all the new knowledge, new experience, um, new ideas, new ways of how to do stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, it was an energy efficiency startup. And I was able to scale it to multiple eight figures in the first year multiple nine figures next year. And then I had wow. the successful Fortune 100 exit. I was able to walk away on day one. I was not needed. 
because of the systems in place, because of, you know, everything in place. Um, and yeah, went on a long vacation, uh, got bored after three days, uh, started, started looking for local meetups to hang out with fellow entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. You go there, they ask you who you are, introduce yourself. I shared a little bit of my story. Entrepreneurs quickly jumped and started asking me questions uh, and asking me to be advisor, mentor, this, that. And slowly, uh, I just fell into the whole coaching business. And when I was uh, thinking with a friend of mine, how to name the whole thing. Hmm. Um, after a few beers, he said, <laughs> well, you know, you always say how important it is to have healthy relationship with failure, um, how solid foundations are so important and failure is a big part of those foundations. Uh, every story you start starts with you failing at something. Yep. He says, he said, yeah, well, you're the fail coach. And so, um, <laughs> We registered that and uh, I never looked back. And so, wow. yes, today uh, I'm known as the failed coach. Wow. That's what a story. Wow. That is awesome. Thank you for sharing, sharing all that. And thank you for, for sharing that with so many people and being able to help so many people through failures and through hard times. Um, that's really an awesome kind of thing to, to be known for, for sure. Yeah, no problem. But I want to go back. You mentioned... Um, a big reason that your first businesses in 08 kind of didn't, didn't make it through that recession was because none of them had a solid foundation. So I guess what, what does a solid foundation look like for people who are building a business or, um, yeah. Sure. I mean, um, you know, the thing back then was, um, before the whole, the, the, the crash, we had a few years of very good macroeconomic situation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like just look at 2019, real yep. estate rising, shares yep. rising, people spending money like crazy. Yep. Like, you know, like there's nothing. Um, Wall Street and, and all of those uh, uh, fancy banks saying <laughs> there's no chance of any recession in 2020 right. and so on. Um, and again, nobody was expecting like back then, nobody was expecting what will happen. Right. Um, that, that's kind of like the common denominator, you know, like we never expect things. Yeah. Um, and, uh, when, when the times are good, imagine, you know, like building a business is like building a house. So mm. if it's nice, sunny, no earthquakes, no water, no nothing, you know, you don't even maybe need foundations. You can just put your house on the floor, mm. on the ground, and, and it will stay there, you know? Yeah. Um, you put the foundations for, you know, flooding and this and that. And so no foundations means, you know, you're good at marketing, you're good at sales, you somehow manage to deliver stuff, and that's it. And you can grow. You can go to seven, eight figures just with that, you know? Um, but the thing is, when, when crisis came, foundations, what are the foundations? Um, well, the number one foundation is you, the entrepreneur. You need to have, you know, nobody was born the perfect entrepreneur. We all have right. some skills. We lack some skills. Uh, things that are really important right now, mindfulness, to mm-hmm. be present so that you don't react on autopilot because our autopilot is not done for these difficult situations. Um, you need emotional intelligence because it's so easy to give in to fear, mm-hmm. you know, but you need to stay strong. You need to stay grounded. 
Right now, you need to be more on the logical side than on the emotional. Look at numbers, test, fail. Look at numbers, make decisions, fast decisions sometimes. You know, I mean, honestly, Donald Trump can have a, a conference today saying, You know, he can say something different and, uh, and something else can happen. Yep. So we need to be responsive. We need to look what's happening, but not from a consumer point of view, consumer of the information and going into fear and negative. We need to just you right. know, look at it logically and, and see and then reflect on what we've heard, gather information from a few different sources mm -hmm. and then make decisions. And we have to make them fast. Yeah. I think that's key. I think making fast decisions, but also thinking because so many times people don't really think they just follow the masses and, and that, that causes the chaos, the, the, the yeah. foundations to crumble. And so, yeah, I think yeah. that's huge. Um, yeah. So just, um, you know, another few foundations, yeah. um, systems, mm. uh, processes, KPIs, following the numbers, benchmarking, Business intelligence, um, brand story is even more important right now. Who we are, what do we stand for, what are we here for? Um, company culture, if you don't create one, it will create itself by itself. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, it might not be what you want. Um, a solid HR process in place, internal knowledge base, onboarding of clients, of employees, and so on. I mean, you know, it, different things apply at different stages. So, yeah, yeah. You know, if you're a six-figure business, you don't need an HR structure with, you know, you and, and you know, a few VAs and freelancers. Right. Um, but when you are a seven, eight-figure business with, you know, some employees and so on, you need to have a little bit done. Um, depending how big your organization is, uh, that's how strong your HR foundations need to be in place. But all of those things kind of encompass those foundations. And I've probably yeah. missed a few as well. <laughs> no, but that's good. I think that's a lot of good things. We And again, it's just going back to thinking. And, and like the quote says, if you fail to prepare, you're preparing to fail. And, and so just preparing um, and being ready for, for these kind of situations because uh, history repeats itself. So if we're not studying yeah. history, if we don't see – the trends and, and the, the up and down, then we don't prepare for um, things like this, things like recessions. And um, Chris, um, when, I'm when I was working with my clients in uh -huh. the past few years, um, I always tell, told everybody, you know, next thing might be just around the corner. Now, we don't know what it might be, and nobody knows whether it will be 2019, 2020, 2021, maybe right. even 2023. What we know from the history is that roughly every 10 to 12 years, yep. something happens, yep. something that disrupts the market. Yep. So we don't know what it will be, but we need to have that in mind and we need to be constantly prepared. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I do with my clients, no matter how big they are, is uh, we brainstorm on, on possible failures that can happen in their business, uh, inside, outside, and we start making plans if that happens. Right. You know? And if it doesn't, thank God. Yeah. If it does, I'm prepared. Yep. Yeah. And, and I, yeah, we have to think. We just have to, again, history repeats itself. So 
we just have to prepare. And I like that brainstorming what could possibly go wrong by looking at your structure, looking at your environment, uh, and even like external outside of that, um, worldly things to see what's going to be going on. Um, but, but you said a point earlier, like something, if something does happen, uh, in a negative sense with our business, in our lives, in our careers, whatever it may be, not getting into a passive state of mind, having no ownership, but reverse that taking ownership, um, and, and, and fixing the problem. Like I, I heard a story I th- and I, it could have been Tylenol, it could have been another uh, drug company, but many years back, they, um, had an issue where I think like six people died from taking, taking their pill. Um, and like the top guy took ownership and said, we messed up, we're going to fix this. And they lost, they, they took all the pills off the shelf and which was like a hundred million dollar loss that the company took, but he took the ownership of the whole thing because he was at the top and he, and he fixed it, made a quick decision to fix it. And I mean, they're still in business and, and yeah. many people probably don't even know, but just like that, I thought that was a, a brilliant point about we have to take ownership. Yeah, we, we certainly do. And we need to have that active approach and mm-hmm. taking ownership um, gives a signal to our brain. Okay, go do something, brainstorm, you know, think of yep. something. And then we can actually do something about it because, you know, um, a lot of people nowadays come to me as the fail coach and, I, I sometimes have a feeling that they almost expect as if I have the magic wand, you know, and uh, they will tell me what their problems are and I'll always have simple solutions for them. Mm-hmm. I don't always have simple solutions. Sometimes, you know, they, I, I have to tell them like, you know what, um, right now, if you, are, if you look at all the information out there, some people say this will be over in a few weeks, few months. But there's plenty of scientists and medical research people and economists mm. saying that maybe this will be 18 to 24 months. Now, me as, as the business owner, I can't go with, you know, counting on odds being in my favor. Right. I have to, I have to go with, you know, like I personally look at it, maybe it will be three years. Mm. And then if it happens sooner, great, you yeah. know. Uh, but, but, um, and so if we look on, on, in, in, in that regard, somebody in tourist industry, for example, right now, they need to pivot. They need to completely pivot, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so sometimes I have to give them a very, the very bad news, you know, sometimes it's, it's something little that they can do. Sometimes you, maybe you just need to make a shift in your communication strategy. And your product and your service can be completely used in the same way. Just your communication strategy needs to be a bit different. And Mm. sometimes, yes, sometimes you need to make very hard decisions. Let everybody go, close down the shop, start something new. But better to do it right now than to wait another few months. And then you end up in a huge debt. And then it's so much harder right. to start something. So yes, yeah, sometimes you know um, there, there is no magic wand, and <laughs> yeah. waiting and counting on governments that they will do something. I mean, when when have politicians done anything for you know? <laughs> yeah, I understand. I'm with you on that, and I think it kind of goes back to having like an optimistic realism about situations, like 
be open-minded, be positive about it, but be realistic. Like, okay, this is happening. This could happen. We've got to, it's going to get better. Um, but there's always things that can happen in between now and yeah. it getting better. And so, yeah, just having that yeah. optimistic real realism yeah. about it. And also Chris, um, just, I mean, I can't give specific examples because of the NDAs that I have right. signed yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, with, with my clients, but um, there is one client, for example, where we were able to take what they already have, repackage the whole thing, mm. and offer that to a completely different market mm. that is ready to pay, yeah. but the market that they were serving now was completely dying out. But we were, mm. you know, so it's also a lot about thinking about leverages. And one of yeah. the leverages is, you know, like, oh, what do I already have that I can maybe repackage, add a little bit to it, uh, change a few things and maybe offer that same thing or or mostly similar thing to a completely different market that right. might have the need and might have the, have the funds to. Uh, and some in, with another client, we actually were able to figure out how some of the things that they've done in the past for completely different industries can now actually be used in fighting over the corona thing mm. or in helping fight the corona thing. And they already offered that to a few governments and are now waiting for response to get, get back. And they were in a com completely non-health related industry. But some of the things in their process can be used uh, for some of the things, you know, when it comes to corona. So yeah. Um, we need to sit down and, you know, when you're emotional, you can't come up with those solutions. You can't think straight. That's why I'm saying, you know, the healthy relationship with failure and the healthy, yeah. uh, healthy mindset right now is a more logical one uh, because emotions, they cloud our vision. Yep. Yeah. That's why it's like so important to just say like even keel and, and not let the bad or the good raise our emotions or lower them uh to the yeah. extremes because i mean it's a roller coaster ride we're on and go up and down life can go up and down so if we if we can stay level um we're gonna i think come out a lot better at the end and, and you said you talked about um shifting your mindset on on what you can do so what could people do if they're in a rough situation right now to shift that mindset to help them kind of get on a the right track out of this hardship well well, first, they need to really get rid of the emotional part. That's what's mm -hmm. stopping them from, you know, being able to sit down and look at things logically, put some things on the piece of paper, do a bit mind mapping, maybe a little SWOT analysis, um, you know, look at, okay, so what are the resources that we do have, you know, and so on. Uh, mm -hmm. But first, you need to take the emotions away. And the best way that I've seen you can do that is by practicing mindfulness. Even some mindful meditation can be a good thing. Um, you know, for me, walking outside with my doggies next to some water without my phone and anything with me um, mm -hmm. is a very good practice to be present in the moment. I yep. mean, with four crazy dogs, you have to be <laughs> present, you know. Yeah, you I'm always have to look around. So there's no time for me to think about anything, but that, you know, calms down yeah. your, your uh, overheated, overthinking head. And then yeah. you can start being, you know, logical and, and open to thinking about 
possibilities and solutions and so on. Or, you know, a very good thing maybe would also be, you know, find a mastermind where you have mm-hmm. like-minded people, yeah. you know, maybe an exchange ideas, maybe find a mentor, find a coach, somebody, you know, who's been there, who knows how to get on the other side, who can, you know, provide you the additional brainstorming that maybe you can't see because you're so involved in the yeah. current situation. So somebody sure. who can be outside of the box because sometimes we can't do that for ourselves. Or, you know, yeah. I mean, somebody who hasn't practiced mindfulness and emotional intelligence in the past, that, that's not something you can, you know, just read a book and learn no. and yeah. tomorrow you, you do it. It takes practice. Mm-hmm. So if you didn't practice that before, then find somebody who can, you know, be from the outside. Have a look. Um, if you if you can't afford that, just create a mastermind of your own. You know, you, yeah. for sure, you know a few entrepreneurs. You know, like everybody's at home. Um, just start a Zoom call or a Skype call or whatever, and jump on a call. You know, just see. Maybe somebody else has some other ideas um, that that can help you. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's key. And and like, so the first trait of pencil leadership is being humble enough to seek counsel, seek wisdom from people who are more experienced or been there or just from other people from a different perspective. So I think, yeah, that you hit it right on the head there and of how important that is. Um, And especially with what we're going through right now, so many people being laid off or losing their jobs or decrease in salary um, and un unknowing of what the future holds. And so getting positive, like-minded people around them. I know. And it's very hard. um, I mean, without, you know, all of that practice, Mm -hmm. it's very hard to see pluses when this is happening to you. It's so easy to, you know, look back and see, oh yeah, that was good for this or that. But trust me, I mean, trust me, you don't know me, you know, uh, like from somebody who went through that shit already once, in a very, very hard way. Um, that, you know, like one thing, one door closes, one door opens. Mm-hmm. Maybe you being laid off is a good thing because maybe you can start something that you were postponing for so long. And yep. that something, instead of your job giving you a paycheck, can actually provide you with freedom later on. So, the, but of course, it's very hard to see something like that as you're going through it. Yeah. That's why I, I, I guess in this crazy, turbulent, difficult times, it's even more important to reach out and find some help, somebody who is not you, who is not involved in your emotional state right now, who can you know push you maybe in some other directions. And yeah. it can be a great opportunity to create something from scratch, something new. Um, you know, as, as much as um, you said, you know, uh, companies going bankrupt, people losing jobs and so on. But there's so many new opportunities that, you know, like e-learning was never so yeah. popular as it yeah. is right now. Right. And, and you know, on- online businesses and, and so on. So there's um, every single time when, when there's something like this happens, as much as there are difficulties in traditional things, things that we were used to, things that were comfortable, mm-hmm. but on the other hand, you have always plenty of opportunities uh, that are emerging, things that 
maybe never existed before or were you know underrepresented it's right. only you where will you focus will you focus on oh shit i lost my job or will you focus on okay so yep. i'm at home i have plenty of time the time will pass anyway so let's just use it for the best i can and let's see maybe i can actually do something create something that will uh turn out to be the next best thing for me on the long term yep yeah, it's, it's crazy. So it's like what we focus on, that's where our mind goes to. So if we're focused on the negative, our mind's going to go negative and then our actions are going to just kind of follow into negative situations because we're going to bring those about by just focusing on those instead of yes. focusing on what could be, what's coming, what's the positive stuff in the situation. It really changes the whole outcome, the whole journey. Not that it makes it easier, not that it takes all the hardship away, but if we can focus on something positive every day, um, even if it's the smallest thing, um, that'll get us through. And then we can start focusing on the positive to come for sure. Yeah. Well, that's, I think these are some great things that our audience can really, I mean, it's, it's just so prevalent right now. I mean, it's crazy how, so we were supposed to talk um, uh, a couple weeks ago, I think, or a month ago. I can't remember now, but schedule conflicts like happen. A month or something. Yeah. Ago, yeah. Yeah. So conflict came up. We had to reschedule, uh, thankfully. Uh, but it so happened that we rescheduled just as this is all kind of unfolding around the world. And, and with your experience, um, I don't believe in coincidences. So I think this happened at, at the opportune time because a lot of people are going to need to hear this. Um, and I, I appreciate you coming on and being flexible with your time. Um, Miha. So yeah, no problem. What, before we wrap things up though, I do like to ask, um, my guess a couple questions, but I'm going to just stick with one because you've answered a lot of the others already. Um, so after everything is said and done on earth here for you, um, what is one positive mark that you want people to remember you by? Um, can I have two? Sure. Yeah. I, I have these two big purposes, big whys that are driving me. And one of them is uh, through that journey of mine that I was describing earlier, yeah, uh, I had a very big help in the middle of that journey uh, by adopting a dog, Happy. Uh -huh. uh, and he was my true angel through those difficult times. And so one thing is uh, I'm creating a nonprofit to help even more animals, stray animals, and so on. So that's wow. one thing for the work that I'm going to do that I'm already doing and that I'm about to do on a larger scale with animals. That's awesome. The second one is Failures Anonymous uh, because I almost died because of my past failures. Mm. And I've heard with so many stories of people who didn't make it. Uh, I do believe that failure is a huge taboo unnecessarily because failure in its essence, it, it, it's a, the best learning and growing opportunity that we can have. Yeah. And I want to turn that around. And so I want to create this organization. It's already started a little bit. Failures Anonymous, very similar to Alcoholics Anonymous, yeah. small groups throughout the world. So, yeah, uh, to be the person who will be at least the start of that momentum to break the taboo called failure. That's awesome. I love that. So on both of those, uh, my wife and I, we foster dogs 
through shelters uh, so they don't have to be put down or euthanized. And so we try to help and do our part in that. And I have bigger goals with animals and, and helping as well. Perfect. So I think that's so Amazing. cool connected with that. And then I, I love the failures anonymous thing that that's going to be that it's so needed because so many times people think of failure as negative, but I have a mentor who always says that we, we win or we learn there's no failure. And yeah. so um, I think it's cool that you're going to start that and, and the, the people's lives that you're going to change literally and save because you've, uh, or you're going to be offering this to people. So I love those. I think those are some great marks to leave uh, on, on the world for sure. Thanks. And it's, Miha, again, thank you so much for, for taking the time to share with us and to help us kind of in this time that we're going through to learn and to be able to grow. So thank you. Sure. Chris, thank you for having me. It was a pleasure being your guest. And uh, I do hope that your audience will get some value out of this interview. Take care. Thank you all so much for tuning in to today's show. If you enjoyed the show, share it with someone else and make a positive mark in their life. Also, head over and leave a rating and review at Apple Podcasts and let me know what you think of the show. Help me improve it as we go. And don't forget to check me out on Instagram at chris.t.anderson for motivational, educational, and behind-the-scenes info. Now let's go out and make a positive mark being pencil leaders.